Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 180th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, an information technology, cybersecurity, and digital forensics firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is an interview with ChatGPT on the future of law practice. Our guest today is Julie A. Bays, the Practice Management Advisor of the Oklahoma Bar Association. She works with our OBA Management Assistance Program to provide assistance to attorneys in using technology and other tools to effectively manage their offices and also teaches a wide variety of CLE classes. Julie is also involved with the Access to Justice initiatives of the OBA, such as Oklahoma Free Legal Answers. Thanks for joining us today, Julie. I'm glad to be here today. Well, Julie, like you, I've been fascinated by ChatGPT. So let me give you my first question to ChatGPT. If you were acting as a lawyer, you would be required to be a zealous advocate. And what does zealous mean to you? Would you consider lying or shading the truth? And Sharon, I thought this was pretty interesting because over the last month and a half using ChatGPT, it's starting to give better answers, I think, in cases like this. So what does Zealous mean? Well, first, ChatGPT says, as an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions, but I can provide information based on the definition of Zealous. And then it goes on to describe what Zealous means, and but it then gives this disclaimer at the end of this that says, in short, while lawyers are expected to be zealous advocates for their clients, they must always do so within the bounds of the law and ethical standards. And so ChatGPT basically fudges on this one because it just goes back to the rules, uh, the model rules of professional conduct and, and just gives you a basic definition of zealous and explains that it does not have a personal opinion, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, Julie, giving what we talked about in your introduction, do you think AI can help solve issues relating to access to justice? As somebody who deals with this subject on a daily matter here at the Oklahoma Bar Association, I do. I think this is a great application. And so what did chat have to say about it? Well, it says, yes, AI can play a role in improving access to justice. Here are a few ways in which AI can help. Number one, automating legal processes. AI can automate routine tasks such as document analysis and case management, freeing up lawyers and judges to focus on more complex issues. Number two, providing legal information. AI-powered virtual legal assistants can provide individuals with access to accurate and up-to-date legal information. Hmm. Number two, we might need to think about. We'll go back to that in a minute. Number three, predictive legal analytics. AI can be used to analyze large amounts of legal data, helping to identify patterns and predict outcomes, which can assist judges and lawyers in making more informed decisions. True. Chatbots and online dispute resolution. AI-powered chatbots can help individuals resolve disputes online, reducing the need for an in-person court appearances and increasing access to justice for those who may have difficulty traveling to a physical court location. 
I agree with one, three, and four. I think that it's already proving that AI could probably assist in automating legal processes with chat box and analytics. For instance, in the predictive legal analytics, what we know now is Ed Walters with Vastcase recently said that he, Docket Alarm, which is their docket product, is now using GPT-3 to summarize large volumes of documents. And so, you know, I think that that is a way to increase productivity in a law firm. But number two, providing legal information, that could be a problem because we've found out over the last month and a half that sometimes chat GPT sort of just makes things up. So you need a lawyer to analyze answers that are require up-to-date legal information. And I think there's a question later on that we'll get to that a little more. But at the end of this question, the funny thing is it gives a new disclaimer, which I had not seen until I had this asked this question. It is, while AI can help address some of the challenges faced by the justice system, it is important to remember that it is not a substitute for human judgment and should be used in conjunction with the expertise of legal professionals. And I think that's pretty good. I think over a month and a half of legal experts playing with chat, it has started to use those disclaimers a little more. What would you say, Sharon? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I've actually asked the AI itself, why do I ask the same question and get a different answer every day? (laughs) Exactly. And it tells me that it is changing and evolving and getting input and so forth. So that's the answer. As much as we would like it to say stable, it can't stay stable. That's not its nature. It learns. So let's go ahead with another question, uh, Julie. Can AI replace lawyers with simple legal tasks for consumers? And this is where we get in more where chat has evolved. It says, AI, such as myself, can assist with simple legal tasks, but it is not yet advanced enough to replace lawyers. AI can provide information and guidance, but it cannot provide the same legal level of analysis and judgment as a trained and experienced human lawyer. Additionally, the legal system is complex and constantly changing, making it difficult for AI to keep up with the latest developments. And that's true. And something that I had asked it regarding a legal question that I knew the answer to that was easy for me to answer was used car sales. I asked it, what if you buy a defective used car? What is your remedy? And chat GPT, originally, the first answer was to go to Oklahoma State's Lemon Law. Well, Lemon Law, the Lemon Law in Oklahoma does not apply to used cars. So I asked it again, not telling it that, and it gave me the correct answer. And so I could never get it to go back to the wrong answer. (laughs) But it is true that, you know, the law changes so often, it would be difficult for ChatGPT to keep up. And so I'm glad that it's giving these answers about legal analysis. But let's note, it's important that it said yet, Julie. Can't replace lawyers yet. Yet. (laughs) It also uses the word currently. I cannot currently do these legal tasks. I focused entirely on the word currently when I read its answer. (laughs) Well, what's funny, it does say in the future may play a larger role in the legal industry, but it is unlikely to fully replace human lawyers. Instead, AI will likely be used to support lawyers and make their work more efficient and effective. Is there research in developing AI that can understand and process ethical considerations in a similar manner to humans? 
ChatGPT's answer on this was, yes, there is ongoing research in the field of artificial intelligence, ethics, and decision-making that aims to develop AI systems that can understand and process ethical considerations in a way that is similar to humans. This area of research is interdisciplinary and involves computer science, philosophy, psychology, and law. Some of the key topics being explored in AI ethics include moral decision-making, explainability, accountability, bias and fairness, privacy, and more. The goal of this research is to create AI systems that are transparent, responsible, and aligned with human values and ethical principles. Well, that answer, that almost sounds like an iRobot answer to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Julie. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish Group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com simple. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is an interview with ChatGPT on the future of law practice. Our guest today is Julie Bays, the Practice Management Advisor of the Oklahoma Bar Association. She works with the OBA Management Assistance Program to provide assistance to attorneys in using technology and other tools to efficiently manage their offices and teaches a variety of CLE classes. Bays is also involved with the Access to Justice initiatives of the OBA, such as Oklahoma Free Legal Answers. Jim was asking about the ethical considerations. What specific institutions or individuals are working on this new technology to help develop AI that can understand and process ethical considerations? Well, I asked ChatGPT this because I was curious, who is working on the the AI and to make it more ethical or be able to understand ethics? And so the answer it gave was, yes, the development of this technology is being pursued by various institutions and individuals, including universities, research institutions, and tech companies. Some notable examples are the Machine Ethics Lab at the University of Cambridge the Center for Human-Compatible AI at the University of California, Berkeley, the AI Ethics Lab at the Montreal Institute for Learning Algorithms, the Ethics and Society Unit at Google AI, Hmm. the Partnership on AI, a nonprofit that includes major tech companies as members. It continues to say that there's an ongoing debate among researchers and practitioners in the field about the feasibility and desirability of creating machines that can have ethics and the specific approaches to do so. 
which I think is very interesting subject because there has been some study showing some bias in some of the AI products out there. And so it'd be interesting to see how that research continues. Well, the biases, you know, you put garbage in, you get garbage out, the old G-I-G-O. And that has been particularly true because if you put in all the decisions from, you know, 200 years ago, they're going to show racial bias. And we have most of the programmers for AI are young white males, and they're going to they're going to have their own set of biases. So all of this is sort of going in there without anybody overseeing it because there's all these different brands of AI, and they're melding them together at this point, which I'm not sure what that's going to do. It's quite interesting. Let's talk about a hypothetical like some of our listeners might want to know about. Suppose I'm a lawyer and needed to do list for a car accident trial. I represent the car owner who was injured and now I'm suing the insurance company. This is where I think AI could really help attorneys and, and sole practitioners specifically and small law firms. For instance, this to-do list was a great list. It just helps, for instance, if you need a summary or you need to get your thoughts together on a new case or you have some interesting fact patterns, that, that AI can help you organize your thoughts by doing it for you, basically. And then, of course, it's up to you to analyze it. So in this instance, what Chat came up with was the suggested to-do list for a car accident in a trial is number one, gather all relevant documentation. And then it includes medical records, police reports, la, la, la. And then investigate the accident, speak to witnesses, determine the defendant's liability, calculate the damages, prepare a demand letter, negotiate with the insurance company, prepare for trial. And then it goes on and lists what you need to do to prepare for trial. Try the case, make making opening statements and closing statements, calling witnesses. Anyway, I think that this is a perfect example of, and it really does give a lot of detail on what you need to do to prepare for trial. So let's say that you needed a to-do list for, you know, a new project you're starting. You can explain what kind of project and then AI can list out a to-do list. Do you need everything on that list? No. Maybe you might want to add to that list? Yes. But it's a really great starting point, and it saves time. And I think that's where we need to learn to appreciate these new AI products that are hitting the market. Well, it certainly is a challenge even to swallow all of what's coming at us. I don't know about you, Julie, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted from trying to keep up with this thing. Uh, <laughs> what does the AI answer when it's asked, how should a lawyer effectively network to build their business? Because I got to tell you, Julie, before you answer, I got to tell you that I've been playing with this in our marketing, and it is a marvel what it recommends and how it has sources that I have no access to to tell me what to do. Oh, I know. I, I thought about this question because I was thinking, what if I, because I do give CLEs, you know, what if I'm going to start a new CLE on a new subject matter and I just need it tweaked, so I need a list or or a way of, you know, going about it. And so this was, you know, how do I effectively network to build their business? Chat GPT came up with this in seconds, and it was really a great list. So number one, attend legal events and conferences. These events provide a platform to meet other professionals and make connections. Number two, join legal organizations. Joining professional organizations such as bar associations and chambers of commerce can help lawyers expand their network. Number three, utilize social media. Platforms like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook can be used to connect with other lawyers, clients, and potential referral services. Number four, volunteer and give back to the community. This can establish a lawyer's reputation and connect with individuals who may need legal services. 
speaking of that, Jim teaches a class where he talks about that type of marketing and how you network to build your business is, you know, give back to the community. Number five, offer to speak at events. Public speaking is a great way to demonstrate your expertise. Number six, build relationships with other professionals, such as accountants, financial advisors that can lead to referrals. And number seven, maintain a high level of professionalism. Providing excellent service to clients and conducting oneself in a professional manner will enhance a lawyer's reputation and make them more attractive to potential referral sources. Now, that is mind-blowing. It basically took, I'm not sure if it got it out of some book that's on the internet or what do you think, Sharon or Jim? I mean, I think that's a good list of exactly what I would tell a lawyer on how to build their business. I think it's synthesized. I can't even say that word. Say the word for me that I want to say, Julie. Synthesizes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I knew I, I knew I could do it 10 times and it would never be right. But anyway, it does that. <laughs> it does it really, really well. And so I have been impressed by how many sources it seems to consult before it comes up with some of its answers. And the speed. It just never ceases to amaze me the speed of this type of AI because it must go to more than one source at the same time. Oh, and I've got a perfect example of that. I'll go back to that question I asked earlier. I asked it about used car sales and if they're defective. And it first gave me that lemon law. Well, I asked it to answer it again, of course, and I must have found that the somewhere on the web that Oklahoma's lemon law does not apply to used cars because then it came with the right answer and then I could not get it to go back to the lemon law. <laughs> so there was a little misstep in there, but it was only seconds. And so, you know, so once it does find the right answer, it seems to stick with it. <laughs> That was true for me when I asked about the ethics and competence and needing to understand it's the technology a lawyer is using. At first, it said that there was nothing to command that. And then somehow the next day, it had learned about legal ethics. <laughs> and now it cited the legal ethics and rule 1.1 and technical competence. So, you know, amazing <laughs> how fast it got to there. I just wonder where we'll be six months from now. <laughs> well, it really is interesting. You know, it's like it got every article that was ever written about this, and then it just scored the answers right. Oh, this is an eight of the ten article, so we'll include it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about legal research for a second. Can chat GPT link to online cases? So I talked about this earlier. Ed Walters has now incorporated GPT-3, not chat GPT, into his docket alarm where it can, you know, breach those federal cases and those state cases that they've included in docket alarm. But as for chat GPT, I don't think it's ready for prime time. We have our dockets here at Oklahoma online, and it's called OSCN.net. And anybody can access the dockets and, and can also access cases. But for some reason, a chat came up with a 404 error. So I guess that it must either recognize that it was a robot trying to access the cases and it wouldn't let it in, or it just, it just can't. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Now, products AI can, apparently, because the docket alarm people are using GPT-3 now to summarize case documents. And I think that's a wonderful way to save attorneys time. And this is why attorneys, especially solos and small firm attorneys, if they do decide to embrace AI, realize that this is a good way to be able to serve more clients 
using less time because you could do summaries of cases and, you know, narrow down things that you need to do faster, which gets to one of my talking points is why they should learn alternative fee structures instead of hourly rates, especially with AI now. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is an interview with Chat GPT on the future of law practice. Our guest is Julie Bays, the Practice Management Advisor of the Oklahoma Bar Association. She works with the OBA Management Assistant Program to provide assistance to attorneys in using technology and other tools to efficiently manage their offices and teaches a variety of CLE classes. She is also involved with the Access to Justice initiatives of the OBA such as Oklahoma Free Legal Answers. So at this time, Julie, can ChatGPT summarize case law? Not that I know of. Now, they're offering a new paid service, of course, and I don't know if they're going to offer more space, but the free service could not download cases that were more than a page or two long. And so, and most cases are going to be more than two pages. And so it, it just is too much text for it to handle right now. There are programs in GPT-3 that can do it, but so far, ChatGPT can't do that right now. This is a bit of an oddball question, but since all three of us have played with this, can ChatGPT be as creative with poetry as a human? I have to say this really quickly. So far, it just really does not understand poetry (laughs) or humor (laughs) at all. But it gave the right answer, which is ChatGPT can generate poetry, but it may not be as creative as humans. While JetGBT has been trained on a vast amount of text data and can generate poetry that is grammatically correct and follows certain styles, the model may lack the human-like nuance, emotional depth, and originality that often make poetry so powerful. Additionally, poetry is often a deeply personal and subjective form of expression, and it may be difficult for a machine to truly capture the instance of the human experience and emotions. And so far, that's been the case. I had to try some jokes, and the jokes were written by a six-year-old, it seemed like. They were pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the the poetry was pretty bad indeed, too. Um, uh, And I asked it to describe this podcast, and that was pretty funny, and and also my digital detectives podcast, and the poetry there was terrible. So, Robert Frost, Emily Dickinson, you may rest in peace. There is no challenge to you by AI at this time. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. It's been a great pleasure. I know you and I are so excited about this. We could bore an entire room by going on and on forever. But actually, people are very excited about it. And you have done an amazing job with just asking questions relevant to lawyers and providing us with the answers. And I know that a lot of lawyers are surprised by what they heard today and maybe a little nervous. So thank you very much for being with us. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. That does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all of the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us at Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. 
Happy trails, cowboy. Thanks for listening to The Digital Edge, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.